0: Welcome back to the Vulgar Auteurs. I'm Jason. I'm Paco. And this week we are mulling over our experience examining uh, Karen Kusama's body of work uh, to try and reach some understanding about why is she why she is such an important um, filmmaker and an auteur um, specifically, um, or not. Is she the bomb.com? Dot com or uh, you. you know, is she uh, overstaying her invitation? Welcome. So um, the last several weeks, we've been going through her pictures. Um, and I guess the a good, like, opening question would be, what makes a Karen Kusama movie a Karin Kusama movie? You know, as opposed to some of the, the previous directors we've covered, from Michael Bay, Fuqua, James Wan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think she's the most challenging to put a finger on of our of the directors we've covered so far. Um, She's definitely a, like, talented director, and her visual styling is always good, no matter what genre she's working in. But she also isn't interested in having her vibe overtake the work. So with that, she kind of blends into the material. I think one of the ways to sort of uh, typify a Kusama film is she's drawn to stories of loss and grief. And really all five of her films are in one way or another, an exploration of that. And that's kind of a fucking bummer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like it's, it's not bad. And I like, it's very therapeutic both as an, Audience member, and I imagine as a artist, as a director, to be going through grief in that way, but it's still gotta be just a fucking drag, you know. Like, yeah. I I know she's lost. I think it was siblings early in life. Um, yeah, and I think she carries that weight. Um, how about you? What would you say? typifies a kusama film
0: yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head that was pretty much the running theme of her body of work so far has been um even like going as far of the way out is through and how trauma like all of her movies don't necessarily have a happy ending where oh we we learn from the trauma and, and all is well and sometimes it's kind of the intensity that she's able to channel with these stories um, harkens back to Girl Fight, her, her first movie in this this way that mm-hmm. she's trying to really encapsulate a character that maybe you don't have to like or um, f- fully like understand, but to show just their si- their perspective or like to create some sort of sympathy. And I, I really appreciate how she can take a movie where Jennifer's body on its surface, could be just a throwaway teen movie hold your hold your tongue Paco it is (laughs) but but like at the same time it's telling a really adult story using that cast of characters and those themes and she also is able to show you certain things within all of these movies including Aeon Flux that I've never seen in a movie before and that's what kind of makes her such a fascinating pick because like, after we've been exploring her, her movies, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to all of her new features. You know, um, I feel like she's going to be a, a Tarantino-esque figure where it's an event every time she makes a movie, because unlike maybe the Michael Bay's of the world or um, James Wan, it's not like she makes a movie every other year, and she doesn't make these huge tentpole franchise pictures. She's mm-hmm. kind of, it's it's cool to see what project she chooses to do and um, she takes her time to make these thoughtful um, projects. I don't know how much of an event it is outside of like a
1: small segment of film culture. I mean, her movies almost as a rule don't do well at the box office. Mm -hmm. The invitation and is the only one that really did. So I will be curious because her next movie is like, a
0: a, it's a Dracula movie, I think, for Blumhouse. Yeah. Um, That's really interesting, especially after Lee wan uh, Invisible Man from last year. And mm -hmm. it's like, are they going to rebrand to create this whole other dark universe thing? Or is it basically just going to be vignettes of like, here's um, Lee wan take on Invisible Man, and this is Kusama's take on Dracula. And I think that... um, it's in the King's Cast uh, podcast. She she was a guest host last year, and she was saying that it, it's going to be a period piece, so it, it makes me think that it's going to be similar to like the Francis Ford Coppola mm-hmm. um, version, but I feel like she's going back to the text, and I think that um, uh, Phil Hay and Matt Manfredi are, are um, working on it with her, um, so I think it, it could be an interesting take on it, but it's also a little bit low-key um disappointing just because i i feel like dracula is such a huge figure that there's only so many ways you can tell that story and make it especially interesting. especially if but then, you're going back to the
1: text which yeah is it has not aged well let's say i read it a few years ago and i was kind of just
0: bored well, I mean, there's a lot of characters and there's a lot of perspectives in, in Bram Stoker's book. And I, I wonder if it's going to be almost like Citizen kane where it's all these characters talking about the mysterious count who lives in the, you know, like, mm. I just, I don't know. I'm kind of burned out. But I also thought that way about The Invisible Man where I was thinking, like, what can you do with this character that's just kind of a hokey universal, you know, monster and then Lee Won kind of blew that out of the water, so I'm I'm interested I mean,
1: to see if if we take what we've said about kind of her process and her mode, I think what we might see in a Kusama Dracula is, um, say, I think it's Jonathan whose wife or lover or whatever uh, is yeah. turned into a vampire. So mm. I could see it being more of, like, a meditation on loss and vengeance, you know? Interesting.
0: Um, sort of Destroyer meets Dracula, you know? Or, like, the, even Van Helsing-esque of the tragedy of why Van Helsing, you know? Like, imagine Destroyer where it's just, a, you know, like, operates under that same thing where it's just all about Van Helsing trying to find, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Dracula and and... All that I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I'm, you know, you you mentioned that a, a lot of her movies haven't been financially successful. I mean, Girl Fight I think made back a little bit more than its budget, but it was super uh, meager budget. The Invitation was a moderate success, but you know, not like a slam dunk. And then her other pictures have lost money. And I feel like Blumhouse is a an interesting um, collaboration because they're known for making films on the cheap. And they're able to make back their money in just staggering amounts. So with the most Blumhouse, of the time, most of the time, and it's not like all of their movies are wonderful. Like Fantasy Island, I think was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, um, other than the Justice League, the Zack Snyder Justice League. But um, do you think I that think was that, worse
1: than the Whedon one?
0: Um, no. Surprisingly, I think the Whedon one is broken. It's basically someone who is shortcutting. I mean, I can't imagine inheriting a project that was that fragmented where it was someone else's project that they knew all the ins and outs of in a really complicated script that is really bad to be able to, like, pull out a movie. Um, but I feel like the Justice League, the, the Zack Snyder one on HBO Max, is more provides more context, but it's also more of everything in a really... Uh, like exhaustive way. Um, But I I feel like with, with Blumhouse's attachment to this, I feel like she'll get the proper support that she deserves. You know, Blumhouse's or Jason Blum is really good at putting his filmmaker, like supporting them and being able to like put their movies out there that I'm really interested to see um, that type of encouragement and um, production expertise with you know kusama's um vision i I think could be a really good you know match um
1: yeah i am cautiously optimistic for that i will say
0: yeah i mean same um i'm more interested for some of the other pictures that she is in development with such as um bad behavior is is a script that's being written by the the person who did secretary that, that movie uh, mm-hmm. with uh, James Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And she has another movie that's in development called Breed um, that Phil Hay and Matt Manfredi are working on that's uh, more of like a horror book that's another adaptation from a, a novel. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I
1: wish that movie, I think I talked about it on the Aeon Flux episode where it was like a horror movie about a man turning into a woman if Mm. you remember that, uh, that she pitched like in the mid aughts. I think that would be fascinating material. Although nowadays I think uh, it may accidentally come across as transphobic, but just the scenes she described, like where he's in the bathroom and his balls fall off. sounds like an (laughs) interesting kind of like body horror that deals with, you know, fears of femininity from a, female director i think there's a lot there that could be really fascinating
0: um oh yeah but to have like a a scene where it's not just a male who's like oh look at these tits i got now it'd be like a girl going what the fuck is this gross worm that's now but i I, I could see it like if they went the like freaky route for lack of a better like comparison if they went in a way that kind of skirts the line of you know i was thinking like
1: the Cronenberg fly from the oh, okay. description she was right on processing or er, yeah so yeah um but uh sorry I interrupted you the uh,
0: bleed,
1: oh, no. uh do you have any more info on what that I, would be I,
0: I read the, uh, like, not the synopsis, but kind of, like, what the plot was about, and it's basically, like, a couple that goes to another country because of, uh, like, an infertility treatment um, so that they could uh, have children, Mm -hmm. and then it shifts to the children's perspective as their parents may not be the best people, but, or maybe hiding something. So it sounds like within her realm of, like, a paranoid thriller that's more of, like, almost an amityville horror vibe of like his dad going crazy and seeing th- like mm-hmm. or like the visit um the m night Shyamalan movie where it's like uh these kids with their grandparents but something's off i didn't um, which I actually enjoyed it's I, uh, it's surprisingly really good i think that's his best movie which is saying i know it's saying a lot but it, it uh, really is saying absolutely
1: one. nothing dude has not made a good movie
0: Uh, well this one there's a scene specifically at the end that i think you'd really uh love i think if there was anything that was made for you specifically it would be the the ending of that movie all
1: right i guess i mean i like six Sense and unbreakable haven't seen them since i was a kid uh but i've been burned by everything else so i guess i will give it a cautious shot at some point
0: What I really dig about uh, Karin Kusama is that she doesn't come across as cocky in a way that, like, uh, other filmmakers we've covered have been. She has this thoughtful nature um, to her that I really appreciate. Like, for the most part, I've listened to uh, the audio commentaries on a bulk of her, her movies. And the way that she describes what thought went into certain decisions that she made was really impressive to me because it she highlights what makes directing so challenging from like all different angles and why whatever you're seeing in the frame for the most part is exactly what they want you to see and I kind of I love that um approach to her filmmaking like I I feel like it almost feels effortless the the type of Work that she's created, but there's so much that went into it to adapt. Like The Invitation is a perfect example of everything that encapsulates, like how you could adapt a script to be captivating on a totally different level, and and um, I, I just really appreciate who she is as an auteur of like her love of films and and what she tries to do with each picture and reinvent herself almost in each picture because it's not like she's following one genre um there may be similar themes um but she's not afraid of um accepting new challenges i mean even right out the gates like her second movie was a franchise startup the eon flex which didn't work but it's still like the idea of going from girl fight to that is pretty remarkable
1: well, I mean that's that's fairly common these days, but I feel like it was less common at Era. And also nowadays it's very common for filmmakers to make one indie movie and then go on to do a Fantastic Four or whatever. Um but in the odds it wasn't as common. And the idea of what that movie originally was supposed to be sounds so fascinating like and i wish we could have the kusama cut
0: um, yeah you know maybe we should start a hashtag and start just completely intimidating people all around the internet to make it happen <laughs> i think then we'd have to
1: start like a racist campaign against people and i'm just not cool with that yeah, that's um, true That's true. yeah
0: yeah but i mean but if it ends the with Snyder like dorks what you have... want oh yeah. i mean to a means to an end
1: the Snyder Dorics have free time now. Uh, maybe we can just draft them into it. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good call. <laughs> huh. So, uh, I guess I want to get to... How would you rank these movies?
0: Yeah, um, I think that this is going to be pretty... I can imagine that our lists will be probably pretty similar until maybe the top. Or maybe not the top, but... Um, I think I would start with... Um, Eon Flux,
1: going from lowest rank to highest rank. Yes. Yep. So, like, so.
0: in ascending order of like versus dislike, I think Eon Flux is my least favorite picture of hers. Um, I really appreciate the stunt, the stunt work that's in it. Um, I I think the production design's interesting, um, but it's it's just a forgettable like mid aught sci-fi franchise starter i just i feel like it's, there's not enough there that's interesting to me it, it feels like her dead silence but i love dead silence it's
1: yeah i guess it it feels like a better movie than dead silence
0: but uh
1: <laughs> um, no uh, at least it has gorgeous production design and decent cinematography um again i would have liked to see the movie she pitched, which was like a $50 million art film Mm -hmm. uh, that borrowed heavily from like Asian influences. That sounds fucking incredible. Um, the movie we got, not good. It's also my fifth, um, favorite of her five movies.
0: Man, right on. Ding, ding, ding. Let's let's see if we're
1: agreeing (laughs) for now. Starting
0: off. Starting off. Good. Um, I guess for for my number four, um, it would be Girl Fight, and really from this point on, there's only one movie of hers that I haven't really enjoyed, and that was Eon Flux. So from here, it's kind of coming up roses. I think Girl Fight is is my second least favorite. I um, gosh, I don't know. That's it's my least. I like it. Okay, it's it's remarkable for its like do-it-yourself spirit. And Michelle Rodriguez is a gem. I, I think that, that uh, Kusama really found um, an awesome uh, actor for this role. Um, mm-hmm. And really, not every debut can be a director's best. Um, but this does stand out in the boxing uh, subgenre of sports films, especially for um, female boxers. And I, and I do appreciate the script and the energy that she brings to the table because she you know, wrote the script... Uh, directed the picture and pulled everything together to make this work. And I I love the, like, um, the tenacity of that. And and I think it it comes across perfectly well on screen.
1: My number four is Jennifer's body. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there are some interesting ideas in the movie. I think you've raised a lot of points that have sat with me and I've reflected on the movie for a long time. But just on an objective level, it is not an entertaining movie. It the Diablo Cody writing and um, the teenage stars are just not clicking. Like it, it all feels forced. It, it's like a painful attempt at a teenage movie. I know a lot of people love this movie, and you know it's something where. I respect that and I'm glad that people enjoy it, but it is very much not for me. Um, I've been fascinated by the reclamation process of this movie and I've gone and done a lot of reading and I, I just don't get it. Uh, Other people are experiencing a very different movie from the one I watched and uh, you know, power to them. I'm glad that movies have fans, and it's great that that hard work entertained people. But yeah, uh, it was like having my fingernails
0: peeled (laughs) off one by one. Well Paco, I go both ways. That's my number three. Uh, I, I totally think that that's all valid. And, and I think that it's... At the end of the day, it's a fun and not very serious high school movie that deals with the seriousness of, like, sexuality and trauma. Um, and I do think that Diablo Cody's voice is ever-present in a way that is distracting. Um, but I just can't express how much the studio really screwed the pooch with... Man, screwed the pooch is a weird uh, analogy. I...
1: Was that from a time when people were just more
0: frequently fucking dogs? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's an old Welsh phrase. Ah, um, uh, that makes um, a lot more sense now. <laughs> yeah. But I, I I, think that the studio really fucked it with the marketing to a teenage boy audience. All of the scenes that were out of context and really undermined the the value of what what was in the script in the the... Direction by Kusama, like it's just kind of a fun. What is it like? Better off dead. The the like John Cusack movie where he dies and comes back from the dead, and he's trying to like take his like girlfriend out on a date or something. Like it it. That it, sounds horrible. It's I, it's a uh, it was traumatizing as a kid when I watched it. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but like I, it has this like interesting like spirit. Um, but it is just kind of a weird item that's out of time like it's set in a weird like i don't know it, i definitely can see all of your criticisms and you know the massive criticisms that it, it faced but i kind of like it um you know anyway what's your what's your number uh, number three
1: uh my number three is destroyer oh i think that this is a fascinating movie that just kind of doesn't work Like, I more or less enjoy it as a film, as a character study, as an acting showcase. Um, And this is kind of the opposite of the Jennifer's Body thing, where a lot of people have their knives out for this movie, and particularly the twist at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the twist works. I don't think everything about this movie works, but I think... Kidman's performance both as a younger woman and as like the wrecked shell is entrancing and when this movie is firing on all cylinders like both bank scenes it fucking rules like it's really compelling uh when Nicole Kidman's not giving sad handjobs
0: yeah I I, (laughs) I agree um I think that uh, Destroyer is it definitely has a really flawed script, um, but it doesn't over, like hit. It doesn't hurt the overall impact of what um, the performances are doing, specifically from Sebastian Stan and Nicole Kidman. It's almost like uh, has this hypnotic quality um, as you you follow Kidman on her beat and. I think just like a lot of Kusama's movies, there are certain images that I'll remember that are associated with these specific movies. Like, mm-hmm. I think her compositions are are amazing. Like, um, with Destroyer, the bank sequences are unforgettable, and um, the Nicole Kidman tight, uh, close in breakdown scene at the end is is one of her best performances. Period, and this is. Someone who's been an amazing actor yeah. for thirty years now, thirty-five years. Like it, it's. I mean, Nicole Kidman herself is, I think, one of the best actors of all time. Who's under underrated and undervalued completely. Um, uh, because I mean, she does. Oh, she's in the hours. Though she's she's in Cold Mountain. She's in these big punch-up but pictures, she but she takes
1: she's huge risks too. Absolutely. I mean, she's worked with like every interesting filmmaker of the time that she can like she working with Chan Park is one that I always come back to as like, and Stoker, that movie, that role oh, is yeah. dangerous and risky. But I mean, like in a five year period, she worked with Kubrick and Lars von Trier. Yeah.
0: That is fucking bonkers. It sounds abusive. It sounds really rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, eyes wide shut legitimately is one of my favorite movies of all time. And her, performance is unbelievable like the the moment where she's all stoned and talking to her husband played by tom cruise who at the time was her current husband about this fantasy that she had in how that gets inside his brain it's it's un- unbelievable like her in the the idea that she ends the movie with like the coolest fucking line of just like <laughs> yeah. tom cruise is like they're talking about something and She's God, yeah. I I love that that movie. Um, it's so good. But yeah, I think that's my hold on. What am I at number two? Um, number two. Fuck. Okay, I talked destroyer. Destroyer was your okay
1: number two. So I. So destroyer was my number three. I'm assuming it's your number two.
0: Yeah. Huh? It always okay. it always is my friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer's body is my number two. Or. Er, Oh, wait, I thought you no. just said it
1: was your number three. Okay,
0: Jennifer's Body, number three. Destroyer, number two. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think I pretty much went off your coattails with uh, with Destroyer. I think that it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, um, I, there are a lot of things that I don't necessarily uh, like about it, but it's, it's the sum of its parts, like, the, there's so much going on that I really love, and I mean, you have Sleep, the, the band Sleep and Caius in it, I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm just a, it's a. That's a term of endearment for my ears, term of an uh, earment. Um, but what's your what's your number two? Uh,
1: my number two is
0: Girl Fight. Yeah.
1: Um, you mentioned Michelle Rodriguez, who is fucking incredible in this movie. It's insane that her first movie is also maybe her best performance ever. Uh, I don't think she really works with actors directors a lot of the time you know she does more action movie stuff although i haven't seen the assignment so you know maybe that'll surprise me
0: yeah and i mean i think she was in uh wasn't she in widows with steve mcqueen and i I thought that was she was she was really good in that um as like i always forget she's in that yeah um well i mean it's overwhelming the like big budget spectacle movies that she does from like avatar to like the fast and furious fast and movies and, furious. and a bunch yeah. of like um robert rodriguez um kind of mm-hmm. team ups but robert rodriguez is kind of he's bummed me out for the last uh, little while with some of his movies but um yeah i think the uh confidence that she has in that role is really spectacular and i think that it's not it's, just the confidence but the anger that she kind of carries
1: with her in every performance um is kind of next level. Like she just has such a chip on her shoulder and it is so fucking compelling to watch. Um, This movie was, I think I mentioned it in our episode, but it was kind of my lover's rock where people love that movie and sort of how it captures house parties. Mm -hmm. This movie and boxing gyms and like just that experience. I, cannot wait for the day i can go back and you know hit a heavy bag again in a gym that smells like ass yeah and you know it just it spoke to me at a very elemental way um it kind of fucking rules like the love stuff with adrian is not great but i think how it plays out in the end it's worth it um yeah it's it's pretty rad. And that, that leads us into your number one.
0: I guess uh, it's no surprise that uh, perhaps we have the same number one. Um, but I will go as far to say The Invitation is my favorite uh, Karn Kusama movie. Um, I think this was the impetus of me wanting to cover her in our mm-hmm. show. I think that it's not only just a brilliant script with phenomenal performances by everybody... It it has a chilling effect that um, can't even properly be explained with how it encapsulates pain and trauma and looking for answers and the the amount of sympathy it shows even the villains it, or the you know quote like mm-hmm. pain is the villain um, and denial it, it's it just is is one that stays with me and and is one that I will revisit. All the time. Like, I I really think that it's uh, foot and above, I don't know if that's a phrase, (laughs) the rest of her work. It's, like, I think there's, it's it's her defining um, achievement as a filmmaker.
1: I think it's one of my favorite movies of the past decade. Period. I think it might be the best movie we've covered so far on this podcast. Um, It's certainly in the top five. I agree. And... It is also what led me to be curious about the uh, her work. I didn't want to do this series. Um, before starting this, I'd only seen The Invitation and Destroyer, and I was fascinated by these kind of genre-heavy tales about loss that are such empathetic portraits of just about everyone involved. And it's... It's both hard-hitting and devastating, but it's also, more importantly, fucking terrifying. And that last shot and the simplicity, maybe it's not the last, last shot, but that shot at the end of all the Red Lanterns, oh, man. Um,
0: it is something else, well, it and... Is. It harkens back to, you know, like, uh, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, but it's been out forever, but The Mist, the the ending of The Mist is something that stands out as being one of the most, like, defeating, brutal endings where Thomas Jane's character basically kills everyone uh, run in, in the car thinking that they're going to be killed by all the, the creatures in The Mist only to be rescued two seconds later and isn't able to kill himself and it's just him screaming until it fades to the credits in a way that like is guttural it's it's so hard and the like ingenuity of having the survivors look out onto the hollywood hills and you see like this pink uh uh you know light that's slowly getting brighter on their faces before you see that there's all these other people that have gone through the same thing that night and Mm that it it just is like soul shattering because it's, but yet it it also, uh, I don't know, is kind of, it's, it's, I am legitimately interested in a
1: sequel. Like there's no way you can capture that, uh, that intensity again, because so much of it is uh, Logan Marshall Green's, paranoia and is everything that's going wrong just in his head and that paranoia you can't really translate to what happens next but i think of something where like i mean i know a sequel is a fucking horrible idea um but i think of something like first blood to first blood part two (laughs) um, where you take this really serious kind of endearing drama about this man who has been through so much trauma and you turn it into a dumb action movie and i want to watch that dumb action movie i mean i guess it's basically just like a purge movie but there's there's something there like in that last shot that leaves you wanting to know what's next, even though I recognize that I probably don't want a sequel. Like as a viewer, I want to know what happens next. And I'm, I love when a director can end a story with finality and leave you wanting more at the same time.
0: Yeah. Like there's so many lingering questions that aren't answered. Like how far spreading is this? How many people were successful? All of these things, but it's also, like, don't the two, like, characters, uh, like, hold hands at the end, like, like uh, you know, uh, Fight Club or whatever? Like, oh, you know, being mm-hmm. together and confronting this head-on will be our escape. But I almost, like, I hear what you're saying with, like, I feel like there shouldn't ever be a sequel to it because it's so perfect. But maybe they would do, like, an alien versus aliens thing where it's, mm-hmm. like, okay, it's singular. They're trapped on the Nostromo. And it's about this one alien and it's so tight knit and then aliens expands it to like, what if they were fucking like a sea of these things and you're out of water? Like, it'd be interesting to see like the last moments of the guru who started all of this and what, whether he truly believed in like how successful was he? I don't know. Like that would be kind mm-hmm. of an interesting impact, but, um, I, yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, and the idea of kind of a death cult is fascinating because like those are so terrifying because they think they're freeing everyone from pain and they're not scared of death either. So they're like, basically there's a lot of different ways people could work with that as a script. And I think it would be, interesting and uh, the villains are so compelling which i gotta say is so fucking important for a good
0: a good thing um yeah and you understand why they're making those decisions like that's all like intent mm -hmm. is everything for me of like an interesting villain is one that's not necessarily they don't believe they're the bad guy and that they're doing the wrong thing and you see exactly why they're doing x y and z like I'm, I'm fascinated by that because i i i think the absolutes where it's like the these are the good guys like like for superhero movies is the ultimate you know like mm-hmm. these are the bad guys and these are the good guys and that's all you need to know when it's like why like why are we supposed to think these good guys are the good guys and why you know like i, I want to know I want to know everyone's story so that I can properly think of them as the bad guys or misguided. Um, so I, I love the questions that that movie has, and the idea too that it's it's not spoon fed to you, and it's so much that's just the con- like the contextual cues that you get from all of the socializing and how that nature is is really compelling but spooky. Like I, I, I began. Um, this series thinking like my my big thesis was as Antoine Fuqua is to 80s pictures I feel like Kusama is to 70s pictures and um Mm -hmm. you know she has a certain amount of like paranoia and influence from those those movies like Destroyer kind of has an on the ground like maybe not like the conversation feel um or like the French connection but uh it it has like it's got a bit of the French connection in it. Yeah, like it. it I can see that. It, it's the idea that that there's complexities and shades that um, aren't just simple. And I think that um, I really appreciate um, how she's able to um, communicate these larger ideas. Uh, you know, channeling just using the script as a jumping point because I feel like a lot of it is. Um, is visual, and, and her, her collaborators are, are clearly on the same key, in the same key. So, um, yeah, The Invitation is just amazing. I, I love that. Hell yeah. Um, all right,
1: uh, do you have any final thoughts on Karen Kusama?
0: Yeah, I guess um, the only thing, way to go from here is, um, you know, I'm sure we will be in touch about her next picture whenever that's released, um, she has done a bunch of TV work that we weren't able to explore, um, in Halt and Catch Fire, um, The Outsider, The Man in the High Castle. She also, uh, wrote and directed a, uh, segment of the XX anthology film, yeah. uh, called Her Only Living Son, um, that I, I w- wasn't able to, um, check out, but who knows if in the future we'll cover those items on Patreon. T- television is a little, um... Uh, tougher just as, you know, we, we've we talked about before as the showrunner kind of is the director of the ship versus being able to mm-hmm. just kind of come in and, and do your thing. Um, but I'm I'm curious to see uh, XX um, for sure, just in general because the other filmmakers are equally as interesting to me. Um, it's a fascinating one. I
1: think one of those filmmakers has since been canceled. I don't remember really? who. Oh, okay. But yeah. Um, uh, it, there's a... Okay, and this could all be completely wrong because this is something I vaguely remember from like three or four years ago. But there's a pair of sisters that direct films that uh, got in some hot water for sort of covering for uh, a serial abuser in the past. Mm. And I believe they had directed one of those XX segments. Let me check that to make sure I'm not speaking
0: out of my ass. Because I only know the um, the Saint Vincent, uh, the the musician directed one of them mm-hmm. as Annie Clark. Um, I I could be thinking of
1: somebody else. Uh, yeah, just forget everything I said. Because I think because these
0: these are uh, like all directed by woman, women women. Uh, but like, like I don't think they're sisters. But I I don't know. Uh, yeah,
1: no, there's maybe they did the VHS. They did one of those. Oh, one of those like horror anthology uh, things from the 2010s, that they were one of the contributors. But it was not XX, Mm. which I have yet to see.
0: I think that was the prequel to XXX, right? Yeah. God damn it. Um, It's basically a... a, um, It's like a porn movie, but... um, Not. (laughs) Please cut out Um, all of this, Evan. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I would love to um, potentially do the Outsider at some point on Counter-Programmers. I believe they just did the one season and canceled it. Really? Um,
0: oh, cause I I loved yeah. it. I thought it was great, great, great adaptation. It's great,
1: and it is. I mean, I haven't read the book, but it feels like it covers the whole book, so it works equally well as a miniseries. And I don't remember specifically which episodes. Uh, Kusama directed, but it's well directed all around.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a cool little, uh you know, procedural like detectivey thing that's based on like a recurring character and um, uh, Stephen King's like a new kind of like series that he does, like a detective series. So like, there's multiple books apparently in the series that um, who knows? Oh, that's cool. Maybe they'll come back. I mean, it, it stars uh, Cynthia Erivo as. Uh, uh, the main detective where um, I think she's uh, she's on the spectrum, I think. And so her character is is an interesting... She has like the Columbo effect where she knows everything. Mm-hmm. She just has to find the pieces to it to confirm and validate. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not uh, thinking about it correctly, but it, it's it, it was awesome. I early dug it. Um, well, I guess should we announce
1: uh, what's next? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Up next, drumroll, we are covering the films of Mel Brooks, starting next week with his debut, The Producers. I am super excited, I'm a lifelong Mel Brooks fan from the time I was very young, and it's going to be a mix of films I haven't seen before, movies I've seen a million times, and movies I haven't seen since I was like 10.
0: So yeah, same. I, I think it's, it's gonna be a fun ride. Yeah, I mean, I I'm in the same as you. Like, I've seen a bulk of his pictures, um, and there's a lot that I haven't seen. So I'm I'm super excited to explore like history of the world part one, um, and you know, a lot of our show is about genre, and he is a genre mastermind. I mean, he has Western, he has uh, the spaceballs like the sci-fi, he has yeah. the horror of Dracula and Robin Hood. Like, they're all um who knows what has aged well or not i think exploring comedy will be an interesting challenge and really we we're overdue mm-hmm. for an old white jewish man as uh, the auteur that uh, we chose um but yeah we haven't done a white guy since snyder so uh, we gotta go Michael back Bay, to our roots we haven't done snyder yet oh fuck uh, but that's funny that's a freudian slogan. yeah <laughs> snyder's like oh, yeah gosh, i, I just
1: watched the snyder cut <laughs> yeah <laughs> since michael bay but yeah yeah it's white men again yeah
0: but i'm i'm we're we're super stoked and we uh we hope that you'll join us for our next series and uh and if you haven't seen any of these kusama pictures um we totally hope that you go out and and check them all out i mean they they all have merit um except for eon flux except for eon flux for for sure um and uh yeah we'll look forward to speaking about that next week and uh as always please don't forget to rate review subscribe and give yourself a hook,
1: because this year has been rough
0: so far even into 2021 three months in, we're still still kind of rough <laughs> yeah all right well
1: we just passed the year in quarantine yeah so <laughs> i think that counts as a year all right true ending